0: Good afternoon, and welcome to Monergy Life. This is Robert Fisher, your host. Today I have the pleasure to have, as my guest, Nicole Ansari, who is a well-known international actress who has made a very interesting transition in her career and is now uh, transitioning to the healing arts. Uh, While we're waiting for Nicole to call in, Uh, I just want to thank all of our listeners who have tuned in today. And I know it's been uh, several weeks since I've done a show, and one of the reasons is that I've had an unusual amount of construction in my apartment, which has caused me to to vacate for a while, and I'm pleased to report that this construction is finally over. Uh, Anyone who has gone through... Uh, Major construction in their home Knows what I'm talking about Uh, It always takes longer Than you think And costs more money than you think But I'm really enjoying The end result now So uh, I suppose it was all worth it Uh, It's it's also um, A very good time For us to be talking about Healing Since uh, the world is certainly a place that can use all the healing it can get And um, that's one of the reasons that I'm pleased to welcome Nicole uh, to the show And um, I believe she's calling in right now Let's see if we can get her on the air Nicole? Uh, yes Hi, Robert, you're live on the air
1: <laughs> Hi <laughs> Oh, I'm listening to it at the same time Let me turn that off then Okay. Okay, I got it. Hello.
0: Okay, great. Um, you know, I seem to hear the background noise. Now that sounds like my introduction, which I turned off, which is kind of interesting. Okay, now it's off. It's gone. Uh, Silent.
1: Yeah. There
0: must be like a time lag, because I had turned it off on the switchboard, but there's actually a time lag before it gets turned off to the listeners. That's interesting. There's a time delay. Um, Anyway, how are you this afternoon?
1: I'm good. Thank you very much, Robert. How how are you doing?
0: Uh, I am great. Uh, As I mentioned to you when I spoke to you briefly before the show, I just came out of a kundalini yoga class, so I'm wide open. (laughs)
1: <laughs> fantastic, fantastic! I didn't have that luxury today. Um, I had too many other things to do, but um, I uh, I tuned in. So um, I hope I'm going to be on that same wonderful level that you are on right now.
0: <laughs> I'm sure you will be momentarily if you're not there already. Um, Nicole, uh, in my introduction, I mentioned that you you've acted all over the world, and I believe you were raised in Germany. Uh, so you did a lot of work in Europe and also in California and in New York. Um, and then you made the transition to focus more on healing and yoga. and I think that 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 type of transition is of great interest to people listening in because there are a lot of people who are involved in a certain career and they have an inkling or just some kind of an intuition that perhaps they'd like to do something that benefits people more directly and is involved in, in helping to cure what is so obviously a lot of people in pain in the world today. And I don't mean yeah. necessarily physical pain, but there's so many people who seem distraught, distracted, you know, very much a product of our electronic age. And uh, that's why I think that our conversation may be a tremendous benefit to people on many different levels.
1: Mm, Let's hope so. Yeah, I mean, you were mentioning uh, the acting world. For me, the acting world um, has always been uh, a healing art. Acting is a healing art because, um, you know, in the best of all worlds, when you do really artistic, wonderful work, you touch a part of, of, of the audience where they can, you know, you hold up the mirror as Shakespeare uh, says, um, so people can reflect themselves in the mirror and understand uh, something about themselves. So I, I wouldn't separate it so much because I feel like I'm just incorporating the healing work more in the acting world and the acting work and the healing world. It's all becoming one for me rather That's than um, the chopped up experience that I had when I started to meditate about 20, oh my goodness, 24 years ago um i was fortunate to meet um an enlightened being very early on uh in my life and uh it completely changed my life all my channels were open um i was completely psychic for a couple of months and i could not hold that power in me because you know i wasn't trained to hold the this kind of energy and uh so i luckily lost that after two months, but I was like a wide-open um, uh, channel. And i had been a child um, uh, that, you know, people refer to the indigo children, crystal children, um, right. ray children, which are the children that are being born um, in our age and time. More and, They are just more and more open. Uh, all the chakras are, you know, more and you know, and they they can communicate on a telepathic level. Um, We will see that more and more. And uh, children, unfortunately, are being diagnosed with um, all these illnesses, um, you know, Asperger's and autism and sensory integration dysfunction, all of that. And I find that um, a lot um the problem is actually communication that we do not know how to communicate on their level so we have to label them because we can we don't know how to deal with them so right. basically well,
0: let's, they let's... yeah
1: yeah go, go ahead i'm sorry yeah so basically they are already open what we are you know as as healers what healers are are working for their entire lives is to open the panel and to when necessarily not close it, but protect it, because you know there is a lot of um, negative outside influence um, right. that can come in if you if you are, let's say too open, you know, and um, a lot of those children, they are too open in parentheses, too open. And the, they do not know how to protect themselves from all the negative stuff, including the electrosmog smog and all the, you know, the too much information that we have uh, in our world today. Right.
0: Well, you've raised some really interesting points, and I just want to go back a little bit for people who are perhaps unfamiliar with even things such as meditation, even you know, even terms such as the indigo children, which you introduced I, which I, I find fascinating, and I'm just learning about too, um, uh, which I wasn't previously familiar with. When you had that experience with uh, with that individual who taught you how to meditate, mm-hmm. and you said you were completely open for several months, could you describe what that was like, how your everyday experience was changed by that?
1: Well, um, I was just experiencing an incredible amount of bliss, in my body and in my being. I felt like I was in love, but I was in love with everything. I was in love with life, I was in love with the universe. Every person that I met, I, I just loved, you know, there was a lo- an incredible amount of love and care. And um, I also um, could kind of see what, what, what what's going on in in their lives. So, did you, mean you they had would come a very
0: strong intuitive, intuitive feeling? It was it was actually enhanced at that time, would
1: you say? Well, what was funny is that I didn't even uh, recognize it, but then a friend of mine uh, pointed out. You know, like somebody would come to me and I would say something, and she said, "How do you know that that person didn't even tell you that they were divorced?" And um, the reason was religious, uh, different, you know, differences and. And I said, I don't know. So it wasn't a conscious thing where I thought, oh, that person a divorcee, and the reason why he's divorced is because his wife was uh, a Protestant and he was, you know, a Christian and, you know, a Roman Catholic. Um, it wasn't that I, I consciously knew it, but I, I would say something, and and, you know, without me knowing what I was saying. So it was was Uh, what people call pure uh, channeling, basically, that was happening.
0: And and tell me if you think this is correct, but um, you may attribute that to the fact that you were just incredibly open to receiving the information that was around you. So you picked up all this stuff.
1: Absolutely, absolutely.
0: Right. I mean, we're all capable of that what all of us are, you know, people who I think are trying to expand their consciousness and improve the quality of their everyday life are trying to do, to to be open to all the things that are around us, not only to take advantage of what's around us, but to be able to reach out to those who need our help as well.
1: Well, absolutely. And, um, I mean, that's where where actually a whole different um, path in life started to happen when when it became more important for me to uplift others than, um, you know, others to adore me in some way. Or, right.
0: that you that know, acting, acting is a
1: very funny thing, you know. On the one hand, there's this altruistic idea of most, you know, honorable actors, I would say, to tell stories that inspire people, that transform people, that make people think and cry and laugh and all of that, which is totally true. But then there is also the ego part where, um, you know, where it's all about, look at me, look at me, look at me. Why right. do we need to be looked at so much? You know, why do we have to have that validation from the outside that we exist? Because it's about existence. So once we started meditating I kind of, I, I felt that I existed from the depths of my being.
0: So uh-huh. didn't
1: have the need so much to act anymore. Um, so acting wasn't a pathological element in my life anymore. It was then from then on a choice, and it became something more, um, how could I say, more like a more like a spiritual path, really. Where um, I decided one day, you know, just after um, I I did the Kundalini um, prenatal and postnatal training with Grumuk in LA, um, I I just had my first child and I did this training, and then I started to teach yoga to pregnant ladies and then postnatal with the babies, um, and the, to see the faces coming out of yoga and how uplifted they were and how you know um, a person with a hunchback all of a sudden you know opened their chest and was able to breathe and and feel good about themselves i thought wow you know if if i can achieve that through storytelling that's the aim but if right. you know if i if i can track people more through my work then um, that's not what I want to do with my life. There's other people who would like to do that, and they just have other other paths. So I'm not saying it's a bad thing, you know, um, to do a horror movie. You know, it has its place, and people are, you know, uh, happy to do that. And I did my fair share of those things as well. But um, on a conscious level, it's become truly about uh, uplifting and and healing, Um, you know, People the planet and and helping children to um hone and understand their intuition and and their um you know their intuitive skills so they don't have to um basically forget about them and and drown them because nobody else understands them. this is what what I was referring to early on when I said uh, you know the indigo children when when I was a child um uh i I, I was very very open and um I believe I was an indigo child um wh- how they would label it today um and uh I used to be able to tell people something about their relationships for some reason I knew about um people's relationships and I would go there as a you know 5 year old and say why um why are you making your wife sad. She is sad that you're oh. seeing this other person and the people would go, What is going on here? And they would put me in the you know, in the in the room, you know, shut up, like don't say that. You're making her cry, you know. You know, it's interesting
0: and, that you say that because <laughs> I think a lot of us as children have these gifts of being open and intuitive. And as we go to school and learn more about logic and science, we're really not taught to place much value in our intuitive feelings. In fact, traditional education almost ignores, you know, the intuitive knowledge that so many so many of us are born with.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. And that really has to shift. I mean, the whole um, education...
0: Uh, Hello?
1: another brick in the wall, but it does not right. serve to have, you know, a healthy... Um, human being growing up with the knowledge that that their intuition is very valid and very very important. Exactly. You know. And,
0: and you know, there there's so much discussion now about the educational system in the United States. You hear politicians rant and rave about it, and people claim we're not competitive with the rest of the world. But it seems to me that 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 conversation that's going on about the education system never even considers you know, the value of traditional education and the fact that it's really designed just to make people conform and be productive and make money. It's not really designed to enlighten people or to enable them to live a full and complete healthy life.
1: Yes, yes, absolutely i believe all of that will will shift and uh we will see a very rapid shift um right now i mean everybody's talking about it 2012 and this whole thing we can see it there's an acceleration of uh energy and vibration and a lot of people cannot um hold it so the 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 one tool that um you know that is wonderful for anybody to um attach themselves to and to bring into their lives of meditation meditation absolutely. yoga and and learning how to breathe because um otherwise we're creating disease you know
0: absolutely and, uh, uh, I couldn't agree with you more now when you had um uh, I believe it was your first child who was your first child who was an indigo child would you say um
1: yeah yeah or and season.
0: you, I believe you went to Arizona to study with somebody. Um,
1: yes, what happened is that um, he he's a very unique child um, and very complex, and it is rather difficult to understand him. Um, and when he was really little and couldn't express himself verbally, um, he used to scream and, and do all kinds of funny things that Asperger kid, kids do, And, uh, you know, people suggested, oh, maybe he has Asperger's. And um, he used to pinch. And that really, really made me (laughs) crazy. (laughs) You know, that when somebody constantly pinches you, you know, there comes a point in which you just check out. (laughs) And um, I met this woman uh, at an ashram, this Peruvian old woman. I never saw a after that, it almost seems to me like she was an apparition, <laughs> and uh, she had this, this steel blue eyes. And she said to me, "Do you know that your child is an indigo child?" And I said, "Yes, I I know that." And she said, "But you don't know how to communicate with him," and she hit the nail on the head because I did not know how to communicate with him. And I said, right. "Yes, you're absolutely right. What do I do?" <laughs> and she said, "You have to study." and she said the name of a person that i forgot now and do seta healing it's called seta healing and she said google it on on you know online i googled it i couldn't find anything about it but 2 weeks later literally 2 weeks later my mom who is a healer um by the way she's a reiki master and seta healer and um she's very into this um, she called me and she said oh i'm doing this amazing workshop called seta healing and i said I beg your pardon. Are you sure it's called Theta Healing? And she gave me the website, and so I found it and I signed up for the next workshop. I, I was like, I'm going to take the next one. I was living in L.A. at the time, and for my birthday in November, I flew all by myself, uh, left the two babies, you know, with my mom, I believe, or no, with my mom was, with, um, with whoever was taking care of them, <laughs> my husband and some other people, um, and went to Phoenix, Arizona, to um, uh, study uh, Theta healing. And now, now
0: uh, we, just for, for all, uh, let me just interrupt you for a moment. That's yes. spelled T H E T A healing dot com. Theta. That's healing.
1: right. That's yes, yes, right. yes. It's it's a good idea to actually um, uh, look at the website and see what it is. Um, Theta healing was um, a kind of brought here by a woman called Viana Stibal. She um, already was a Reiki healer um, before um, she healed herself. But what happened was she was a single mom of three, I believe, and uh, she um, contracted a really nasty um, cancer. I believe it was bone cancer, and her leg shrunk uh, through the growth. And uh, one day she basically lost it and she um, was crawling with the universe and said, this is not possible, I cannot go, I have to take care of my children, help me and teach me how to heal. But it wasn't a plead, it wasn't a prayer, it was a command. And that's the gist of Theta Healing is that what works with the, with the universal energy is a command. And people have problems with that. You know, that's, that's a big step to go from, no, but we're not supposed to command things. We're just supposed to pray and be humble. No, we have to command and then the universe will obey. <laughs> and so basically she commanded the universe, teach me how to heal myself. And she, basically went into this zone where she received like like a download on on the hard you know um, uh uh what is it called hardware of the computer on so
0: the hard drive, a hard
1: drive on the hard drive, hard drive that's right on right. her hard drive she had all these downloads of dna how to uh, cure disease how to command um how to you know, go into the past, future, present um, you know it has a lot of factors, but basically, you go into the body with with your um consciousness and you look at the diseased area, you kind of switch the light on, you look at the diseased area, and you command the healing It's a whole technology on how to get to that state that saves the brainwa. Yeah, it's a it's the lo, uh, it's the slowest brain wave. Um, there's alpha, beta, theta brain wave. It's basically the brain wave that we achieve when we meditate for a very long time. That kind of trance state that we talk about in meditation. That's so the theta it, brain wave.
0: It, 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 it must be a very pure form of energy. Almost like a laser beam, if you want to consider it.
1: Yes. Uh, yes. Absolutely.
0: And you are focusing the laser beam on the diseased area. Uh, to clear it
1: up in a way. Yeah, it's what's very interesting is that um, it, it has many facets, so it's not you know that easy. Although it is that easy, but what we have to break down is the walls of false belief that we all carry in our um, in our consciousness about um, about everything right. in life. And and Let me
0: just interrupt you briefly here here because I think that that's going on in the world today in abundance. And you can see how people's belief systems are being broken down on just about everything. And in a sense, the so-called economic crisis that we're having in the United States and parts of Western Europe perhaps is a good thing because it's forcing people out of a comfort zone. It's forcing them to look at new ways of approaching life situations
1: absolutely absolutely I mean if you if you look at it um, anybody would have said two years ago um, that the people would rise and demand to the breakdown of the one percent and demand demand to be heard anybody would have said that even two years ago in America and all over the world people would have said, no, nah, it's never going to happen. People are too tired. People are not, you know, it's not going to happen. That was the 60s. But people did rise, you know. So it's a breakdown of the old system, of the old belief system. And it's right. very encrusted. And, it, it, you know, it has to do with the whole patriarchal society. Um You know, until we recognize... Well, let
0: me, let me just make a comment yeah. on that because you know I, I recently went to a discussion group um, in which we looked at a video by Isabel Allende, who I'm sure you know, and yeah. she was talking about just that, how the patriarchal system has brought the world to the brink of crisis and that, yeah. you know, matriarchs would do a better job or feminism and things like that. And, and, you know, I'll tell you what my reaction was to watching that video and in the discussion group. I don't even think it's a question of gender. I think it's a question of consciousness.
1: In other words, Mm
0: -hmm. I think males, you know, uh, alpha males or beta males, whatever you want to call them, (laughs) have to increase their consciousness, and women have to increase their consciousness too. And women, I think, have to stop just demanding money and material things from males, putting pressure on them to achieve it by any means possible.
1: Yes, yes, absolutely. It's it's um it's actually an awakening that has to happen in both um, uh, genders and non-genders. You know, this whole idea that we are fixed to a gender and that we are fixed, you know, nothing is, is fixed. Everything. I totally is agree
0: with continuous you.
1: Continuous
0: movement. I, I I totally agree with you, and I I want to just bring the conversation back to the belief systems because from my point of view, everything in your life is created by your belief system. And in effect, your physical reality is created by what you believe reality to be. And you draw things to you based upon your belief system. And that said, it's not so easy to change an imprint that you have, the things that you've absorbed during your education or your family background, things that are unhealthy, That's the big challenge for people to learn how to dispose of those things and go to a healthier place where they're attracting abundance, where they're attracting health into their life on a daily basis. And that's the thing that we have to focus on teaching people.
1: Well, the thing is, um, Robert, oftentimes the belief system is not even conscious. So what you have to do is when you work with somebody is you have to peel the onion. You go to the the core belief system – so let's say somebody, um, you know, let's say, you know, something. Let's take the example of money, which is, you know, so important right now in the world. There, there is a person who is, uh, let's take a person who's really rich, and then from one day to the next, he loses his whole fortune. What happened here? If you test that person, uh, can he, we we do this? kinesiological testing um, which basically your body doesn't doesn't lie so you know you 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 press the try to press the arm down uh, where, where whereas the person is giving resistance you go yes you go no and then you see the arm is strong at the yes and 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 not strong on the no and then you can ask these questions you ask that person when he was still rich I am rich or I'm wealthy. I guarantee you his arm or her arm would have gone down because the core belief system was the feeling of I I I am poor, I'm wretched. Where does this come from? Now that's a good question. When you look at the lineage of most of our, you know, ancestors, most of us come from a struggling background. Like disease um the famine um you know the potato famine in ireland especially in america if you think about it you have all these different um, you know nationalities that are at the core of your being but you don't know anything about them you know a lot of people don't even know where they're from yeah i had ancestors you know three generations back that came from russia and blah 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 well if we look just in the history of the world, three generations back, how did Russia look like? And were they part of the Tsar family? That's a whole different trauma by itself. Or were they part of the people, right. you know? Struggling so as people. as
0: you're saying, it's you know, it's a very complex thing when you even attempt to peel back the layers and see what's underneath, there's a lot of peeling to do. But yes. let's talk about yes. some techniques that people might be able to employ to peel off those layers, you know, things that might actually help them to make the connection, the mind-body connection, to understand that, you know, every thought and action has an energy attached to it. And in effect, we are on a moment-to-moment basis creating the energy field in our lives that's going to determine everything. And I think people have to start becoming aware of the importance of everything they say and do to every other human being on this planet.
1: Yes. And as Yogi Bhajan says, it's actually more important what you think than what you say. It's more potent even. So your thought structure really creates well,
0: um, your absolutely. reality. Absolutely. I mean, the and thought structure is part of your belief system. Yeah, absolutely. But I also think, and I've certainly played around with this, um, You know, I've met all kinds of people in my life just like you, and, you know, you can't control the thoughts that go through your mind, but you have some degree of control as to what comes out of your mouth. And I've played around with, uh, you know, various degrees of comments on situations and with people, and I really do believe that, that when you let something out into the universe, your thoughts, And you express that to another human being. It has tremendous power. And it can affect them for the rest of their lives. You could could traumatize or bless somebody for the rest of their lives. You could say something that is so important to them that it will stick to them. They will absorb it into their being. So our words are extremely important as well as our thoughts.
1: Absolutely. It's, It's what is referred to in the Indian scriptures as the Matrika Shakti. Um, you know that that active energy, the Matrika, the word, you know, the shakti of the word, is very, very important. Right. So whether in, you include you know, somebody, back to
0: the healing aspects and healing arts, do you believe, as I do, that there is a huge emotional component to every physical ailment, you know, including the serious ones like cancer and heart disease?
1: Oh, absolutely. Yes, absolutely. Well, um, yep. again, we, uh, we're talking about belief system. And um, uh, you can even, you know, uh, as I'm studying right now with Guru Daram at uh, Golden Bridge uh, doing the uh, Kundalini Yoga Therapy, which is an incredible, incredible course, um, we are studying Chinese medicine and acupressure um and so on and uh, i was looking uh, because i'm working with somebody um, right now with cancer um and i was looking at you know the uh, meridians at the chinese chart what you know what do they say about lung and lung is where grief sits so you, you have know but
0: confirmed one of my theories which is that things like cancer and diseases of that sort are caused by absorption of of profound sadness in people's lives.
1: Yes, yes, yes.
0: Profound trauma that stays in your system and acts as a self-destructive mechanism, and the root of it is sadness. It's the absorption or the exposure to, you know, trauma or sadness that's serious and overloading the system, and very often it comes out as cancer.
1: Absolutely, absolutely it's you know it it might start with um uh, with an event and uh, and then it, it it slowly winds its way in, in into the system that doesn't make you know that makes everybody who's ill and everybody who is not ill responsible but it's not your fault you know what i mean because that right. can also become a huge burden for people who Absolutely. struggle with serious disease where it's like oh, you know, I should be able to heal myself, you know. Uh, right. the and, you know healed a, yourself. Why can't I do it, you know?
0: Right, you um, raise a really incredible point, but I think the first step in the process of educating people is for people to understand that there is usually a strong emotional component to these serious diseases. I yeah. don't. I do not believe that diseases such as cancer strike like a meteor and just affect people who are unlucky. I don't believe that for a second.
1: No, no. I mean that. But well, at the that same isn't... time,
0: somebody who who does get something like cancer should not feel guilty that they did the wrong thing or they didn't weren't able to heal themselves or prevent that trauma or emotional uh, sadness from seeping into their system. I think the, the thing to do is to educate people on the awareness of this, so that when people do encounter an emotional trauma or profound sadness, they learn some some techniques to to eliminate that sadness from their system, ways to release the sadness.
1: Yes, absolutely. I think the first technique really that anybody should do, you know, ill or not, um, for for well-being is learn how to breathe. Because the absolutely. first thing that goes off uh, when somebody, um, it usually starts with depression, actually. Um, the first thing that goes off is the breath. So it's shallow breathing. If you do not provide the body and its organs with enough breath, what happens? What happens if the heart doesn't get enough, um, you know, oxygen? What happens right. if the lungs at the no, time, do not?
0: Right. And at the same yeah. time as people should learn how to breathe, they should also learn how to meditate and they should have a practice right. of meditation. That should be part of the school system and I'm just amazed that it isn't, you know, uh, but in terms of you know, promoting wellness, hopefully within a short period of time. That will be a required course for people.
1: You know, it's interesting. Uh, Yes, absolutely. Um, A friend of mine, uh, Jennifer Ford, she has uh, a company called Bent on Learning. It's uh, Bent on Learning. Um, And uh, you can check it out, bentonlearning.org. And it's an organization that brings uh, yoga and meditation to inner city schools, uh, inner city kids. And what they learn is that um, it is important to breathe. What they learn is um, that it is important um, how they feel, to do well in school, to do well in life. They, right. they learn how to, how to cherish themselves, you know, because when you cherish your breath, um, you know, everything changes. You, by the way, you can't breathe deeply if you're hunched over, you actually have to sit up straight, oh, and I didn't and know that. and you, you know. So you you need space, and you need to create that space. So with breathing comes posture, you know. With posture comes an awareness of how you stand and 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 sit and ha- how you are in this but, world. So you it, know, it's, I it's, think it's, one thing can lead to the other. So it's not absolutely. like.
0: You know, you know, and it's such you, a reflection of our society that our education system, you know, is so slow to recognize what's so important for children, and it's also reflected in the way we treat people that become diseased, you know, in yeah. hospitals. It, it, you know, thank God I have not been to many hospitals. I've never been in a hospital myself except the emergency room, but uh, uh, <laughs> but I have visited. People in hospitals in the last couple of years, and what really amazes me is that in a place that's supposed to promote well-being, the food is the most unhealthy thing that they're feeding people. And oh, it, you know, it's sad. It, it's sad. It's such a tragedy. And and by the way, the cost of staying in a hospital is more than in any luxury hotel in the world. I mean, it, it approaches a thousand dollars a day in many places. Yeah. Uh, you know, so it's not a question of the money. It's a question of Who's in control of these whole dietary systems, you know? Who is feeding, like, meatloaf to people that just had heart surgery? You know, it's like, (laughs) (laughs) it's it's just so unbelievable that, you know, and, you know, in, in my perfect world, there would be juice bars in every hospital and, you know, the food would be more organic, although I'm not a slave to organic food. But it would be more organic, more fruits and vegetables, healthy, fresh food, which is the opposite of what you get in most places. And it is—it's just amazing to me. And and you could also say the same thing for most school lunches, for what they feed kids. You know, for the most yeah. part, it's a lot of crap. So well, it, I'm, it, it's so we having that. You know, Nicole, for, for you know, there's going to be many changes in our world, in our country, and it has to start in very small steps. You know, obviously, the overriding priority of many people in this country is just to make money at any cost. And it's not really the welfare of the people. It just isn't.
1: You know, you have to
0: create a healthy life for yourself in this country. It's every person's individual responsibility to do that. And I don't say that in, you know, lamenting about it, that it makes us like victims or anything. It's just the reality. You know, our society is not really geared to promote health and well-being. It's not. It's geared to promote productivity. That's what it's doing. well
1: it's because you know the people who are controlling it, you know we've got Monsanto controlling you know all of the farmers and 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 the produce that we get in the ordinary supermarkets um you know sprayed with the most atrocious um uh um poison. And then, fed to the people, then there is the g m o that that is everywhere. Do we know how this will affect our body? but again, Robert, I mean all of these things you know if you think about it and the pollution of the air, and i don't I was just reading about the Arctic, and it's all like so traumatic. If I let that affect me too right. much but I, I will create you a disease. Very interesting
0: point but i'd like to, I'd like to throw out a comment here, which I think is important mm-hmm. for our listeners that. Yeah, there are a lot of issues in the world today, in our countries specifically, that need to be addressed. But you know what? I want to suggest to everybody listening and to those who who, uh, listen to this conversation at a later date, don't feel that the burden of the world is on your shoulders to fix everything. The best that we can do as conscious human beings is to really create health and abundance in our individual lives and with the people that we touch every day. If we could do that... We're yeah. changing the world. You know, yes, it's absolutely. nice to be aware of all these issues such as, you know, bad food in the hospitals, bad food feeding kids in schools. We're aware of it. And I, and I guarantee you, if I ever get into a position where my input has an effect in any of those situations, I will change things. I'm aware of it now, but it's not going to make me lose any sleep because I don't think that would help anybody. So I want to make that fine point. I mean, I think that there have always been problems on this planet. And for people who think that problems are overwhelming now, I throw this out also as a suggestion. Would you rather be alive in the middle of World War II and, or during the bubonic <laughs> plague? I don't think so. Yeah.
1: So we're, every we're time pretty absolutely. problems.
0: We, you know, we live in amazing times. That we should live joyous lives on a daily basis and, you know, we can be aware of these things and, like I said, if given the opportunity to change them, we should jump at it. But if we can just change our own individual lives, just think about the number of people that you or I meet in a year. And if we change our attitude on one of these issues and we project a certain level of happiness or abundance, we might influence
1: a thousand people in one year,
0: because each one of us can can meet a thousand people in
1: one year. That's right. It's uh, like Gandhi said, you know, be the change you want to see in the world, and that's truly, right. um, uh, you know, it is our responsibility, is our own, you know, well being. But but how do we feel in this mind, and in this body? You know, that is our responsibility. You know, somebody Absolutely. can be at you.
0: And I think we should try not to be overwhelmed by the issues that are in the news. And, and this is one point that I feel very strongly about that what I consider to be brainwashing by traditional media on the economy, that everything is so bad. Well, I know plenty of people for whom life has never been as good. I just want to throw that out as an idea. And there are so many people I know involved in creative and productive things, and they could care less what Fox has to say of it. Yeah, they could care less what Fox News has to say about the economy, or what the CBS Evening News says about it. It's irrelevant. You know, those are, you know, and in fact, there is not one economy in the United States. By the way, there are 300 million economies, one for each one of us.
1: Oh, that's interesting. Well, we have to have a separate talk about that. I, I don't quite understand what you mean by that.
0: What I mean by that is that what, I, what I'm what i trying to say, and we're really running out of time, is the time has passed so quickly, Nicole. What I'm saying about that, and just so our listeners understand, too, is people talk about the economy. There is not one economy. Each one of us has a trajectory and a personal economy which really has nothing to do with the political system, nothing to do with who's president, nothing to do with Congress. It's it's how our life is evolving. And I, I don't know about you, but when I look back at my life, uh, my trajectory has had nothing to do with what the news reported, nothing to do with whether or not we're in a recession or not. It's, it's just the way my life has evolved at the time. So I think we well, have it to make a... a you know, a distinction between what we hear on the news and unfortunately we have about ten seconds ten seconds left. Nicole, is there anything you want to add to our viewers? Um
1: I I I think um, you know, it, it, it would take too much time uh, to round this okay. up. But it was a pleasure well, talking to you. Thank
0: you so much you. for joining us and it looks like we're about out of time. Thank you for listening to Munter G Life. And we look forward to um We look forward to our next broadcast.
1: Thanks, Nicole. We'll talk soon. Thank you so much, Robert. Take care. Bye-bye.